Hey everybody, thanks for joining us in our guest segment. I'm Dave Hodges, this is the Common Sense Show, and we are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time, and it's really, really good to be with you guys. I uh, appreciate you coming here each and every day because you know the crisis is at hand, and you know the wolf's at our door, and all the me metaphors we can come up with, but we are in big, big trouble and it's already beginning to manifest and ladies and gentlemen we're going to have paul martin here to talk about this and we're going to go through the manifestations and how they're all orchestrated but first we need to basically pay some bills and these bills are bills that you need to be paying as well too you know there's a food war that's coming you know food's going to be used as a weapon you know that water filtration is going to be an issue in a declining society and and you know also too right now as many of you are trying to buy cars after a long layoff you know you can get ripped off but let me go through these one at a time very quickly we have the best storable food in the world preparewithdave.com restaurant quality 24 25 year shelf life go to preparewithdave.com also we have the best water filtration in the world. And, you know, bottom line is, folks, is in a crisis that gets to the fourth day. Well, Naval War College says that waterborne illnesses are the number one cause of death. Help your family out right now. Get the Alexa Pure Pro Water Filter. The research at waterwithdave.com will show you that this is the best in the business. And right now they're offering it for 40% off. And that sale is just basically comparable to what's going on with the food sale. The four-week emergency package for $100 off. So great deals both for preparewithdave.com, waterwithdave.com, and now, ladies and gentlemen, very, very, very small price on this product. It's called repairwithdave.com, and that product is really cool because if you ever have to go and take your car to a repair person, if you're someone who ever wants to buy a used car, you just stick this little device right into the, right into the port, you sync it up to your phone, and you say, oh, I see, this is what's wrong with my car, and this is how much it'll cost, or there's nothing wrong, and you know, you're being ripped off. So those three products, preparewithdave.com for the food, waterwithdave.com for the water filtration, both with sales, and the other one price is so cheap, you don't need a sale, repairwithdave.com. That's who brings us this particular hour with our friend, Paul Martin. Paul, there's nothing wrong in America. Someone told me that yesterday. Why do you always have to fear monger? Why do you have to... Get... And, and I'm hearing this crap, and I said, oh, yeah, I know. Everything's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong. 40% unemployment, and, and we're, what, going to be $36 trillion in debt before it's all said and done. But there's nothing wrong. Oh, my God. They must be completely delusional on a lot of SSRIs, or they live in a closet somewhere. I would suspect all of them. Yeah, it just, it's just, it's crazy. And then someone told me, um, why don't you get off your ASS and start doing something, Dave? I'm thinking, well, Gene, let's see. I've already had a fake salesman to my door to size up the place. My wife has been uh, uh, harassed to try to get a hold of me, and her number's more private than mine. And then our house has been vandalized. But I'm not doing anything, Paul. Unbelievable. I know. I get this 
barrage every single day. And I'd just like to say, let me make the reservations for you in the FEMA camp now, because although I don't believe people deserve to go there, there are some people who are going to be victims of their own ignorance. Hey, pack the bags, honey. They're going to feed us in the FEMA camps. <laughs> yeah, right. Good luck with that. I, th <clears throat> I think Celeste pretty covered all of that very well. Yeah, referring to Celeste Salam in our two-part interview, uh, I'd say she did too. Oh, and she's another one. Radiation attacks, had to go into the hospital, uh, vandalizing her property, 15 of her trees destroyed. But she's not doing anything either. Dear God. Paul, I get sick of these keyboard warriors that hunker down in the background and they look at us as entertainment and they don't think any of this stuff is ever going to happen to them. Uh, go go march with Antifa and see how long you last. Exactly. Yeah, there, there's a there's a somewhat heavy price for doing what we do. I, I you know when I started radio and with uh, KHNC, the uh, FBI deemed me for two years the most dangerous right wing extremist in the state of Colorado, and I was probably the commander of the secret Colorado militia. Secret? Was that secret? Secret, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the what, secret what these guys militia. On, these guys uh, on LSD or what? Oh, no. They, oh, I, I had them up my butt 14 years. Seriously. Yeah, that's that's worse than a bad case of hemorrhoids. So how, yeah. how, how, did, they, how did they get attached to you, Paul? What, what happened with that? Well, when I started doing radio with Norm Resnick, Norm had like 35 sarcomas in his lungs. He should have been dead 15 years before that. But So when he was not feeling good, I'd take all three hours. And uh, so I was covering all the militia commanders from around the country. And uh, so that's when the FBI decided I was the secret commander of the Colorado militia because I was interviewing militia guys from around the country back in the day and uh yeah i knew i knew the country was over <laughs> picked up my phone one morning and and uh back when i was in the barbecue business i said 10 bears barbecue and it was early about nine o'clock before opening said hi my name is special agent marco slaw with the fbi and i go whoa 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 what's your what's your name again boy and he goes, Mark? I said, I'll tell you what, Mark, anybody that shoots a woman in the head holding a 10-month-old baby can kiss my butt. And I hung up on him. So 30 minutes later, a good friend of mine, Lamar County uh, deputy, former Secret Service, called me up, and he goes, what are you doing? I said, cooking barbecue. And he goes, well, I just had the most interesting call. He goes, really? I go, really? He goes, who was it? He goes, Special Agent Mark Osloff from the FBI. I said, well, what did he say? He says, well, I, he said he really wants to meet you. I go, really? He goes, what else did he say? And he started chuckling. He said, well, in his, no, in his whole career, he'd never had anybody talk to him like that. I said, uh, I tell, tell you what, call, call this moron back. You set up the meet. I'll talk to the guy for four days if he wants to talk, but you've got to be there the whole time. He said, I can do that. So that kind of that, that started it. 
So what what happened when you met that Mark? What was his last name? Holslaw. Holslaw. So what is he? An offshoot of Coleslaw? Yeah. Um, yeah. So what? Oh, this this guy was good, buddy. He was smooth as he's better than my, my dad was good. This guy was better. So three or four years later, I found out he was the head hostage negotiator for the FBI. And he taught hostage negotiation at Quantico at the academy. So they sent the best guy they had after me. <laughs> so what'd you say to him? Up your nose with the rubber hose? What'd you say, Paul? No, I'm 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 a civil guy. I mean, uh, we we had about three meetings, and uh, at the third meeting, he said, "What do you want?" I said, "Tell you what." You guys like to fish? He said, yeah, there's a bunch of guys like to fish, talking about the Joint Terrorism Task Force. I said, I'll tell you what. I'll put you guys on the best trout waters in the lower 48, and you can pay for it. He said, that's all right. I got an uncle with deep pocket talking about Uncle Sam. So I took the whole Joint Terrorism Task Force up to the Miracle Mile in the, in the <laughs> Wyoming, great. to the Miracle Mile Ranch. But what was funny, when we got there, there was – Three Suburbans loaded with Joint Terrorism Task Force guys. And uh, so we had a big bunkhouse that, that we were staying in. And uh, so we all walked in. I said, I tell you what, you guys came after me for nothing. I'm going to hold court. And when I get through, we'll have questions and answers. So they all stowed their gear away and came in. I talked for four hours, about, I don't know, about six pots of coffee. And at the end, I said, are there any questions? Zero. None. Not one question. But they all had to fill out field reports because they'd been out with this dangerous right-wing extremist. So it was really funny. Two years later, they got a new uh, uh, director for the uh, Denver FBI office. He came in Monday morning, laid his briefcase down, went over to Mark, and he goes, do you think Paul Martin would take me to fly fishing? This guy had been reading my jacket in D.C., hilarious hmm well for me I don't get to go fishing they come fishing to my door and, and and they show up and pretend to be trying to sell me Medicare insurance and not even know my damn birthday yeah <laughs> yeah so uh, yeah when we uh, when I get time here and I'm gonna have to actually make the time this guy actually left a card to some stupid bank and, and you know it's bogus you probably call it, you know, it's it's one of those uh, contrived numbers, but he left it on the patio wall. He wouldn't even give it to me. Uh, but he, uh, um, yeah, I think I told you that. He says uh, to me, uh, "Yeah, we're here to sell you Medicare insurance." Medicare didn't come to your door. No, Never. they send you a letter. Never. Yeah. And then he, uh, yeah, and your birthday was, and I said, uh, uh huh. I said, I said your company's going broke. He says, why? I says, because excuse my French, you dumbasses don't even know what my birthday is. And uh, I'm telling you, the whole the whole time I had my hand on my gun out of the sight of him at the door. And I'm watching his hands, man. His hands made me nervous. And and the safety was off. I, that was that was my level of of concern. <laughs> I, I went through this um, whole scenario yesterday with a federal law enforcement agent that we both know. And uh, he said, yeah, he says, yeah, you had the visit. 
they're sizing you up. He says they want to come do a SWAT team raid. He says they, they, they scouted you up close. So, uh, yeah, not good. Not good. And I'm thinking, gee, what crime have I committed? Let's see. I've identified uh, the fact that Fauci and Burks are criminals, and they have deep uh, conflicts of interest with Bill Gates, and they should be in jail for that uh, because it is a federal offense. Um, I've, let's see, in the past I've identified the long list belonging to the Quentins, if you know what I mean, and that list extends six feet under. And I'm thinking, gee, I don't know how that puts me on the list, though. And then, and then you know, I just expose Joe Biden and all the rest of these guys. Haven't threatened anybody, but I guess it's a crime to tell the truth. And I think that's what they were telling you. So what did they conclude with you when the feds came to visit? Oh, Mark really, Mark really liked me, Agent Holsaw, and... Uh... I never had any problem with it. the funny thing was they would they would bring the the new guys that wanted to be in the joint terrorism task force in denver we'd do lunch i I don't know how many lunches I did with them but uh um, <laughs> and if they could if they could if they could stand an hour with me berating the living crap out of them they'd keep them if not they'd get rid of them they brought one guy. And this guy was Satan. I, I, I mean, literally, you could look in this guy's eyes and see he was evil as all get out. So I waited till they got back to the, to the uh, Denver office and hit the speed dial because I didn't want the guy in the car. And uh, I said, if you ever bring any demon like that before me, I said, I'll put myself in prison because I'm going to kill the son of a bitch. <laughs> And so, you know what they did? They they put him on the weapons of mass destruction desk. I met a couple of really nice guys, former street cops, Detroit, uh, L.A., and uh, you know they were they were human beings. But a lot of those guys that, yeah, they brought uh, they brought two that were just out of Quantico. And uh, so we sat down and ordered and everything. I said, "Are you sh are you sure you boys are jackbooted thugs? I don't even think you're shaving yet." And Man, you don't sure like a jackbooted thug to me. And they both turned beet red. They didn't make it. And uh, so I, it was just, it, it was a lot of fun for me. I, I, you know, I never got beat. I was always right. And they were, you know, the government's always wrong. But I survived it, and it was a lot of fun. What, what do you think caused them to start leaving you alone? There was no way they could beat me. White paper is white. <laughs> Truth you, is true. Were, when they took you fishing, they could have done to you what they did to Vicki Weaver. Well, I don't. They they treated me like a petri dish. I was I was a live experiment. You know, they were trying to figure out what made these wacko militia guys, you know, move and shake. And uh, you know, I just read a guy, an old cowboy, got. Somehow started to talk radio and wound up with the FBI in my back pocket. But they knew I wasn't a danger to anything. You know, they knew I had kids, and four of them. And, uh, let, so me they, you, let me tell you how, how they dealt with me. This goes back, um, I think I probably have told you this story before, but 
back in the old days <clears throat> when the lovely um, uh, Annie DeRiso was my news director, and she was for six and a half years, uh, we were on the phone with a guy who became really good friends of ours, uh, the late Jim Mars, loved Jim Mars, and he wrote so many good books. So he's on the air with us, and, and, and this is at a time now when I'm fighting for the survival of my new house. And we were kind of living back and forth at the time because we were in, in a transition process. And um, so Jim and I, I'm telling Jim the story, and he goes, yeah, you're fighting Nazi interests, no question. Da -da 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 -da. Now, about a month before, or two months before, I'm at the state capitol, and we have a meeting with uh, this guy, uh, this representative, John Nelson, who I did not like at all. I mean, he reminded me of Nadler. And uh, he, he was saying, oh, you can't sue Mr. Hodges. And we had three of us, Gary Byler, veteran, uh, paraplegic, uh, stepped on the landmine in Nam in a second tour, two-time Civil Star winner. And a guy named Mike Robbins, just a regular, really good guy, really smart. Guy should have been a lawyer. This guy could research anything. And the three of us are down there. And then the late Marilyn Jarrett, um, who was, uh, uh, she was the state senator in Mesa to a guy who owned land in our area. And he was standing to lose as these people were trying to take away our property rights. And they wanted to, they said it was because we were too close to the Air Force base. Right. We had letters from the Air Force saying what we did was okay. We're 30 miles away from the base, and they had to fly over 250,000 people to get to us. So we knew that was bull. And then we found these maps, and it was McCain and the Central American Free Trade Agreement, and they wanted to build a highway through our area, which is why they wanted us off the land, because they didn't want to pay for it. And uh, I'm there, and I just said, I, McCain's people were at the meeting, two of these. And th these guys were jackbooted thugs, seriously. And... Um, I looked at him and I said, you know, I, I, I said, I, I don't like your insinuations that I need to shut my mouth or something's going to happen to me. Because they said to me, uh, well, Mr. Hodges, you know, when you go against a senator like this, um, you know, bad things can happen. And I, because I had said that, you know, I said, I've been on the radio some, and some of these guys tell me I'm pretty good on the radio. And I've been guessing, I've been telling people all around the country as, as your guy, Criminal McCain, and that's why I used to call him in these meetings, Criminal McCain, I said, uh, I've been telling him what it's like to have him as a senator who wants to steal your land and violate the Fifth Amendment. And I said, you know what? I'm going to follow him on the campaign trail. What? He says, oh, yeah, I find out he's going to Connecticut. I'll be on Good Morning Connecticut. He goes to, to Tampa. I'm going to be on Good Morning Tampa. And I said, and he's going to think I'm sleeping under his bed. Because I'm going to talk about his every move and what a criminal he is. And they threatened the hell out of me. And I said, do you boys realize here I've got witnesses here? So listen to this, Paul. We're, we're in the old house, right? And the whole family's over. They're downstairs. And I'm, I'm winding up the show with Annie and Jim. And all of a sudden, boom. Boom, 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 boom. Eight shots over the house. I knew exactly what this was. My neighbor, who was a Vietnam vet, saw the whole thing. My sister-in-law was on the side yard. She saw the whole thing. So we have witnesses. And um, so that was that was my warning shots. Two guys jumped out of a white van, making good on their threat to me. And uh, the cops in the middle of central Glendale, 
okay, which is connected to Phoenix, took a half hour to get to a shots fired call where they had over 15 calls from different people. And, oh, we didn't. No, 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 nothing happened here. So it completely covered it up. And then, and then to put a cap on this, it's kind of the same deal. This is, this is how the feds came to me, too. So I'm getting done one night coaching a college basketball game at home. And I'm driving the, the almost the 35 miles from the college to my new house. And I'm out in the country, middle of nowhere. And, and all of a sudden, this car rears up on my rear end. And, uh, I mean, they're like a foot from my bumper. And I'm going about 55 in the right-hand lane. So I change lanes. They change lanes. I'm going, oh, boy, here we go. So they started all these dangerous things. And I'm on with 911 now. And that call lasted 11 minutes. So finally I get, I get to near my turnoff, and I know, well, I know a, a, a rural fire department out here. These boys are affected like I am, and we're all friends. So I'll go to the fire department. And I did, and I had to maneuver around, and, I mean, they tried to run me off the road. I got the license plate number. I got everything, right? And I'm on with 911 for over well, almost 11 minutes. So I get there. They break off the chase, and there was two of them. And so we call the sheriff. Oh, we can't come out now. So I go home. Now, this is about 10.30. At 1 o'clock in the morning, I get a call on my cell phone. And it's this deputy sheriff from Maricopa County. And he, I told him what happened. He goes, what did you do to cause it? I said, driving the speed limit in the right-hand lane. Well, you must have done something. I says, no, I just didn't allow him to catch up to me and get me out of my car. And he goes, oh, well, we're operating on the hypothesis you caused it. He says, we know who they are. We, they, they live, in, they live in, the, in the Phoenix area. And I said, well, then go arrest them. I said, uh, the firemen saw them drive off after they had been chasing me. And uh, they wouldn't do a thing. So I think, okay, I'm going to go to the media with this. So the following Monday, this is Saturday night, I go and, and I'm going to purchase the 911 tapes. And I go in there and they say, Sorry, there's no 911 tapes. Paul, I was, <laughs> I was on with them for 11 minutes. That's how they came to me. Oh, so, I've been there, done that, got the T-shirt. I was dropping Jocelyn off at elementary school and taking uh, Mackenzie to uh, uh, St. Joe's in Fort Collins for uh, preschool. And I crossed the tracks in Wellington, and all of a sudden they dark blue um, Dodge SUV got right on my bumper and followed me all the way into Fort Collins. And, t and I pulled over to so I could let McKenzie out, and they passed up, and they were, you know, smoked out windows. So I got McKenzie in, in there and hit the speed dial, <laughs> called Hoslaw. I said, I'll tell you what. You son of a uh -huh. blank. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. The next time that you do that to me, I'm going to run that Suburban up to about 100 miles an hour, and then I'm going to slam on the brakes. Me and McKenzie may go, but I'll tell you what, both your guys are going to. He said, what, well, what, what happened? Yeah, what he happened? asked me what happened. I said, I just crossed the tracks in Wellington also. A dark blue uh, Dodge with smoked-out windows got on my bumper. And he said, well, that was ours. I said, I'll tell you what, don't do it again. And they never did it again. What were they trying to accomplish? Just harass me. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. 
These guys that were following me, they wanted to catch up to me and do bodily harm. There was no question about that. And it's not that I would have mind not minded pulling over and beating the dog crap out of them. He just didn't know if they had a gun, and I did not have a gun on me. So that was, uh, that, that's the great... First moment. mistake. Yeah, I know. Well, that was, yeah. Yeah, I know. After the incident at the house with the eight shots over the house. Oh, by the way, a final police report came back on that first incident when I was on with Jim. And they said, uh, the, the date was late July. Okay, late July. And they said it was 4th of July celebration fireworks from blocks away with two eyewitnesses. So I guess they were shooting fireworks at me. I, it's just amazing here. And and uh, one cop I talked to that came to the scene, my, my sister-in-law, she almost got arrested. She was screaming at them, just at the top of her lungs. And I got her to calm down. I talked to the cop. I said, you know, she's right. She's absolutely right. There's a shots fired call here. And I said, and we already know our neighbor saw it. And he called it in too. And he says, well, he said, I'm telling you, Mr. Hodges, we got the call three minutes before we showed up. And I said, well, that's interesting. And then I found out later that DHS, and then this is when it was a really, really bad organization top to bottom, run by Janet Napolitano and the Obama administration. And I found out that what they could do was interfere with a 911 call for help. They could block it. Did you know they had that ability? No. And that's what the cop suggested to me, too. He says, he says, look, he said, I'm not saying anything, and don't repeat my name on this. He said, but I've seen it before where people have been really upset, and we got the call and responded in a timely fashion. And he said, and I'm telling you, Mr. Hodges, we didn't get this call a half hour before we arrived. He said, this is when we got it. And he said, uh, I've seen this before. And he said, uh, are you, do you have enemies with Homeland? And all of a sudden, it was like, holy crap. I says, no, but I'm enemies with John McCain. And this is when he was the head of the Senate Intelligence Committee, too. Aha! Uh -huh. Yeah, so, yeah. So what to do when the feds come calling? You know, you know who had a real famous visit? Do you remember the story of uh, uh, Martha? Gosh, what's her last name? She, was, uh, she does all the home stuff. Martha, I can't think of her last name. I just went brain dead. Oh, yeah, I know you're talking about. Yeah. Martha and, Stewart. There you go. Yeah. Lovely lady. I love Martha Stewart. Such a sweetheart. And um, she went to prison. You know what she went to prison for? I can't, I, I can't remember at this moment. Well, they were saying something about insider trading. <laughs> And yet, yeah, I, I don't see how she was in a position to insider trade. And there were a lot of people that were that was asking that question. And, and, and I actually covered this. I, I looked up the relevant facts. I wrote an article about it. And I said, I just don't see, you know, how she'd have been in a position to do what they said she did. But she didn't go to prison for insider trading. And this is what I hope every person listening will listen to what I'm saying, Paul. This is really, really important. So they come to visit her. Now, she thinks like most citizens, I haven't done anything wrong. I have nothing to hide. I'm going to cooperate with my government. I think we're all on the same side here. And that was her first mistake. Uh, I hate to say this, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I have good experience with, the, with most cops. I really do. When I talk to police, most of it's private conversations. But even when I've been pulled over, I've, cops let me go because I'm respectful, polite to them. Hey, you've got a light that's out, Mr. Hodges. But... You know, get that taken care of the next business day. You bet. Thank you. 
Uh, but they've always been very professional with me. Uh, but, 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 when they come to investigate you, you don't talk to them. And this was Martha's mistake. They said uh, that she lied to the FBI officials. And she looked at the accusation. She said, well, we never talked about these things. And, and it was like, what? Never? No. She said, we never talked about these things. They're making this up. And they made up a whole scenario where she lied to the FBI. They never convicted her for the insider trading. But they got her for lying to the FBI. And that's what they put her in prison. And it's their word versus hers, and she's going to lose. So I remember there was a, another lady that came along. And she doesn't like me to talk about it and use her name anymore. But um, this is what it's way. She used to be on my show. And her name's Sherry. I won't say her last name. And she has a good website. And she's the lady who found the FEMA coffins in Georgia, <laughs> tens of thousands of them, and had her picture taken next to them. And um, so her child's school got wind of some of her postings, and so they called in CPS. And she told me they were coming. And I said, well, let's learn a lesson from Martha Stewart. And this is what I hope the audience is listening to. When they come to talk to you, I hope you're having a nice day. Uh, no, I'm not answering any of your questions without an attorney present. And uh, I'll let you know when I have the attorney present. But, you know, if I'm not under arrest, am I free to go? And that's the key thing you always ask. Am I free to go? Not talking to you without an attorney. Am I free to go? And then if they say, no, you're not free to go. We have to talk to you. Say, well, then I'm under arrest. So you better read me my rights. And then I get an attorney and you have to pay for it. And so I've walked people through these scenarios before, and I'm telling people that when law enforcement, particularly the feds, because the FBI has a long history of lying about this, like they did with Martha Stewart, I'm not answering any questions, and then they'll try to bait you. They'll ask you, uh, well, what's your birthday? And they try to get you talking, you know? Is this your address? And it's called foot in the door syndrome, where they just basically try to get you talking, get you going. You just tell them, I'm not answering anything. And anything, if I, I want to know if I'm free to go. If they're in your house, first of all, you don't invite them in your house. You must have a warrant to enter my house. I'm not letting you in. You break in, well, then there's going to be problems for you. But I'm not unlocking this door. And that's what people have to do. And, and Paul, in this day and age now, when I got fake Medicare salesmen come into my door to profile my property and me, I'm telling people, you've got to be really careful. Well, I mean, you know, most people haven't gone through what you and I have gone through, and other people, and uh, and you're absolutely right. You know, I talked to them just because I, I was right, and they were wrong, and they knew it. Yeah, well. And it, it, I mean, it was a really, really good education for me. Of course, I was 30 years older and hot-blooded, you know, 30-year-old. Paul, let me say this to you. They could have potentially said, well, yeah, he threatened that when he got back, he was going to get a gun and shoot all of us. That's threat upon a federal official. And they said, oh, yeah, I heard it, Bob. Did you hear it? Yeah, I heard it, Bill. Yeah, I heard it too, Agent Coleslaw. Um, they could have done that to you. Very easily. They could have. Yeah. But I'll tell you one that I accomplished. I had him on the air. I had two FBI agents live on the air. The only time in the history of talk radio that 
two joint terrorism task force agents had been on the air. Uh huh. And it went really, it went really well. I mean, there were, you know, I, you know, I told the callers up front. I said, hey, no bad words, no yelling, screaming. If you have a legitimate question, we'll take it. You know, if you don't, if you just want to, your 15 seconds fame, you know, go somewhere else. But it went really well, and uh, it, it was kind of fun. I mean, it was it was a first. I don't think it's ever been repeated. Yeah. Have you found a difference? But like I said, go ahead. They they treated me like a like I said they treated me like a petri dish. It was kind of a scientific experiment for them. Yeah, but unfortunately, all experiments come to an end. And <laughs> what I'm telling you, Paul is uh, you were profiled, too, and um, more than profiled. You were under investigation, and they were just looking oh, for Oh, without a, a doubt. They were looking for a reason to grab you. And, and didn't find they, one in yeah. Didn't find one in 14 years. But I'll say today, Paul, with all the laws they have now about terroristic threatening and so forth, someone would be a fool to have those conversations now. Oh, I totally... I totally agree. I'm 65 now. You know, I hadn't heard from those guys in years. Hell, Mark's probably retired. Matter of fact, all those guys are probably retired. But um, for me, it was I'm right and you're wrong. If you can prove to me that you're right, you know, I'll bite. But uh, it was just a great learning experience for me. Yeah. How did how did the uh, radio station owners respond to your notoriety? Uh, brought in a lot of listeners. <laughs> I'm sure. It did. Hey, you got to listen. Yeah. Something they don't have over there anymore. No. No. Um, that station's out there twisting in the wind, just waiting for someone that knows what they're doing to buy it. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a a couple of things we need to talk about real quick is, number one, the dollar is going to go poof. Yeah, I know. Number two, food inflation is getting ready to screen. I've been saying that, too. I know, but I'm just, it's it's out there, it's in the news. You know, people on our side of the fence are writing about it. And uh, so... It's it's never been a more dangerous time in this country with everything that's going on with the BLM combined with the Islamists and communists paying for it. China's involved in it as well as this bloody virus. And my kid, my oldest son's got it down in Oklahoma. And uh, but if if you don't have precious metals and you ain't got food, guns and ammo, you're in deep kimchi, friends. Food, water, guns, gold, ammo, natural medicine and tools. And a good companion. Absolutely. And a good companion. Well, this there's a report out this morning, Dave, about pharmaceuticals being damaged by this uh Wuhan virus. What? And we've talked We've talked about this over and over again about the elderly. If you if you can't get you need a one year script if it's keeping you alive, and if your doctor won't write it, there's doctors out there that will. Mine will, and uh, and and you've got to get these pharmaceuticals 
if it's keeping you alive or or you've got to find some natural remedy that that can work for that and get those but uh it's uh it's showtime day um it's definitely showtime there's no question um but i don't think we're going to see let me back up here i agree i hear what you're saying the deep state through the communist party called formerly called the democrats they are laying the foundations as celeste said in my two-hour interview with her that they're coming to get us and they're going to use food as the primary method to get us some some of us will just get snatched in the middle of the night but largely they're going to use food and you're correct about that but i don't think that part's going to be acted on right now but it's going to be acted on i mean let's go back to 2012 when uh there were people that tried to back Mitt Romney who blew his own election on purpose because Obama was so unpopular he'd have been unelected had Mitt Romney even launched a campaign. But he self-sabotaged. At that time, though, there were a lot of people that jumped on the Mitt Romney train. I, I didn't like him. I knew the guy was no good. But he was better than the no good communist that we had in office. Uh, and, and, and he laid down and took his beating but here comes Valerie Jarrett, senior White House advisor, the number one advisor to Obama, with ties to the old Weatherman Underground and Bill Ayers and those communists, and her family in Iran tied to the Muslim Brotherhood and terrorist groups. So she comes out and she says, um, and I wrote this in an article this, uh, recently, I said, well, I, uh, she said, um, what was it exactly? We're going to have rewards for those who supported us, and there's going to be, quote, hell to pay, unquote, for those who opposed us. Now, cycle forward to June 18th of this year, and Senator, former presidential candidate Kamala Harris, what does she say? She says, there's nowhere you can hide. When we retake the White House, we're coming for you. Can you believe that, Paul? Here, I'm gonna... Well, I think they've already. I think they've already came for us. No, they have not come for us. No, that's well, not, they, not they yet. They came for us with a virus. They shut down the economy. You're going to lose about eighty percent of the restaurants around the country. Well, I would agree with that. But what I'm telling you, Paul, is is here. I'm going to see if I can pull up this quote here real quick from her. Um, and, uh, and, of course, I would hit a uh, snag here where this is uh, just going as fast as uh, humanly not possible. Here, hold on. I'll just type this in, and we'll go to it. So I want to read, well, read the verbatim. I said quote. after Trump was elected, they're going to they're gonna come scorched earth because they ain't got nothing. The Democratic Party's done for a generation. Yeah, they, they're, they're taking over. They're taking over. They're going to win the election, in my humble opinion, unless Trump pulls rabbits out of his hats. Okay, listen to this. June 18th, this uh, sitting senator, former presidential candidate, rumored to be on the short list for Biden's vice president. She said, and once Trump's gone and we have regained our rightful place in the White House, look out if you supported him and endorsed his actions because we'll be coming for you next you will feel the vengeance of a nation. No stone will be left unturned as we seek you out in every corner of this great nation, for it is you who have betrayed us. 
Kamala Harris, June 18th, 2020. Paul, I think that's pretty clear. Bring it. Declaration of war to a woman who slept her way to the top. You know, Willie Brown, Salute. 60 years old, mayor of San Francisco. She was 29. That's where she started her ascent via the descent. But uh, she, this is this is Gestapo stuff. This is Nazi stuff here, Paul. This is what the Gestapo does. Oh, absolutely. Well, you you we've discussed and I've discussed with a couple of people, military guys I know, about the war in the Pentagon, Northcom, Southcom, and within the military. And uh, at some point, that's going to spill over. Uh huh. Well. I, I've told you this, but maybe I should talk about this on the air for a second. Um, through a mutual third party, I had a conversation. I've had a few conversations with Pentagon officials in the last few weeks, but one of them was really revealing. And this person said, well, I'm permitted to wear my sidearm, and I do. And he says, and I keep lots and lots of clips inside my coat. And this was in response to the question, do you think there's going to be division in the military and the military is going to turn in on itself? And he's answering the question that way. And he said, and he said, and I um, have really um, kind of changed the dynamics of my office because I expect people to come in one day and try to arrest me. And he said, over my dead body. And he said, and they have to go through the funnel of doom. And he said, that's the entrance into my office. And he says, and oh, I'll be ready. I'll hold out for a while. Uh, that's the mentality of some of these people in the Pentagon now. That's how divided this nation is. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I talked to my, my best military guy, and I was telling him about your conversation, and uh, he just kind of, he kind of a smirky grin. He said, buddy, it ain't just there. It's everywhere. Because you got to remember that Clinton and Obama pulled out tons and tons and tons of Patriot um military guys during their administrations so you've got a huge amount of of uh communism and i can't believe for the life of me that mattis did what he did as a as a marine i just it just it totally blew my mind well the thing that's most concerning to me is not just that that's number two it's the commander-in-chief did not bring him into active duty and court-martial him and put him in prison for treason well You've already, you've already wrote about, I mean, uh, and, and and Celeste talked about it. You know, the guy's been compromised. Or paid. Paid. You know, you, well, you, you attract more bees with honey than you do with vinegar. Possible. But it doesn't matter. The, guy, the, the president's out to lunch. He's now ineffective. I mean, he can go to all the civic centers and rallies and stuff that he wants, but most of those people don't have a clue what's going on. He's President Token. He yep. issues an executive order about big tech. The next day, Candace Owens is taken down by Twitter, and he does nothing. Nothing. Yep. And Twitter continues to fact-check him, and Twitter's getting ready to get rid of him. They're going to ban him as they get closer to the election, guarantee you. And, and you look at this, nothing. Facebook, um, 
you saw that Project Veritas exposed the fact that Facebook officials say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We see one of them guys with an effing MAGA hat on their account. We're going to cancel their platform. Yep. Oh, that was on Project Veritas. And yet, there's Trump. I hear it now. I hear it now. Crickets chirping. Exactly. So, um, I would just like to say to people, Paul, maybe you want to comment on this. Uh, this BLM thing, they managed to get the show Cops taken off the air after 33 years. That's just amazing. Why, why do you take a show off about Cops? But anyway, um, we're going to borrow from that show. And I want everyone in the audience to consider this. If you have constitutional leanings and you have any kind of a track record, whether it's your web browser or things that you just say in private conversation that are recorded passively through your cell phone or your emails reflect your views, I just want to remind you of the theme song from the canceled show cops. Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do when they come for you? Because Paul, that day is almost here. Yep. Yeah, there's a good article I put up on the website that uh, was titled "You're on your own," and that's never been more important than now. I uh, did a podcast by that same name a few days ago. And yep, so a lot, of us, a lot of us are seeing it the same way. Yeah, you are on your own. Um, I, in fact, I went off on this recently, Paul. I said, uh, this country has no leadership right now. There's no, no one standing for the people. There, I, I, I challenge people. Don't tell me your guy is a good guy. There is no one out there in front opposing all this. There's no one saying, you know, hey, this is Antifa. They need to be thrown in jail. This person needs to be thrown in jail. That person needs to be thrown in jail for firebombing. There's no one doing this. We don't have one leader standing up for America. Not one. If there is one, Paul, who would it be? I, I must be missing it. There's, there's not even close to one. It's in the minus column. I mean, even Lindsey Graham has joined the other side. and, and, and Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and even my congressman, he's gone quiet. And I've always thought he was a stand-up guy and has been. Um, they know the purge is coming. They're afraid. They're afraid to speak up. Every single one of them, I believe, is afraid to speak up because they know what's coming. They heard what Kamala Harris said. They know darn good and well that they're going to be hauling people out of their homes at 3 in the morning because every communist revolution, and that's what this is, is also accompanied by a purge. Yep, and it's on the way. I asked Celeste, I said, Celeste, how long do you think it'll be after the inauguration when Biden or Clinton who or, or, or whatever communist they put in into office, um, how long do you think it'll take for the purge to start? And she said, it's going to happen almost immediately. So a year from now, people that just sit there and say, uh, yeah, I don't have to do anything. Everything's okay. I can still get out of bed in the morning. I can walk outside my house. Um, those people about ready to learn a hard lesson, aren't they? Real quick, buddy. Real quick. What do you recommend people do in two minutes? Well, the, the aforementioned of survival tools that we've talked about number two is is 
you're going to have to, somebody is going to have to stay up during the day and somebody's going to have to stay up during the night at, at your home if you're <laughs> one 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 of the deemed uh, reportables. But, uh, I mean, we're in a war, and it's really it's getting ready to go really, really hot. So you're going to have to protect yourself. From, you're going to have to protect yourself from people. I mean, I'm out in the high prairie. I don't have too many people around me. And, uh, but you people and see the people, people are, are fleeing the blue cities. They're fleeing New York. They're fleeing Chicago. They're fleeing Los Angeles. Of course, they're turning Austin into LA, but, um, I mean, you've got to look at monetary things. You've got to look at food. When people go hungry, what happens? They know you've got food. They come to your house. And unfortunately, some of these people are going to be shot. Yeah, a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah, the body count is ready to go exponentially. People have said to me, Dave, what do you think is going to trigger the Civil War? And they said, do you think it will be an awareness they're coming for people in the middle of the night, like with MS-13, which is why they were brought here, the paid assassins for the cartels? And I said, no. No, it's going to happen when people can't get resources and the bodies are stacked up like cordwood. I said, that's when you're going to see massive civil war break out. Yeah, after three days of food, you go nuts. Yeah, and after three days of no water, you die. So people get yep. real desperate real fast here. This is why we advertise preparewithdave.com, waterwithdave.com. I mean, this is why we do the ads we do, because people need this stuff to remain independent. And don't forget those guns. Paul, it's always a pleasure to have you on, my friend. I uh, wish the topic was more favorable, but this has been a summary treatise on bad boys, bad boys, what you're going to do when they come for you. When the feds come, just don't talk to them. Hey, well, Paul, thanks, thanks again for joining us. Paul Martin has been our guest, and his site is revolutionradio.org. And if you want to see some of his subversive work, anti-New World Order, no matter how inappropriate, you can go there and see it revolutionradio.org great articles thanks paul thank you dave take care